Thank you for listening to the Love Your Bod Pod. Before we dive in, just my usual disclaimer that this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and does not substitute individual, professional, medical, or mental health advice. Hey, 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 sweet friends. Welcome back to another incredible episode of the Love Your Bod Pod. Thank you so much for spending some of your time today with me. My name is Kara Corinne Safeli. I'm at Kara's Kitchen on Instagram. If you're not hanging out with me on there, what are you doing? Come over, say hi, hang out with me. I'm always posting recipes and quick little like food freedom tips. And I always do little mini Insta coachings to help you with your relationship with food and your body. So if you're not hanging out with me over there, get your butt over there. Um, I'm a certified holistic health coach. I help men and women, all human beings, all humans, heal their relationship with food and their body. I'm so grateful for this work. Today, I'm going to be teaching you about how to listen to your body and how to reconnect to your hunger and fullness signals after years of dieting and restrictive and disordered eating behaviors. I'm really excited for this uh, episode because when someone says, oh, just listen to your body. I mean, it seems easy, but sometimes, oh my gosh, it's so confusing, right? It's like, what does that even mean? I'm like so guilty of giving that advice. And It can be confusing after years of like not listening to your body, which is what diet culture teaches you to do. It teaches you not to listen to your body. So today I'm going to be diving into that. If you've been loving the pod, pretty please pause it right now and go leave a ratings and review on iTunes if you listen to it with an iPhone, which according to analytics, most of y'all do. So pretty please go do that. That would mean so much to me. It helps keep the podcast going. It lets me know you're listening and enjoying the pod. It helps it reach more people. So pretty please go do that. It's a virtual thank you note. If you are enjoying the content that the Love Your Bod Pod is, (laughs) the things I create. And if you're interested in learning about coaching, some of you guys have been DMing me um, wanting to know about coaching. Just go to karaskitchen.net forward slash apply and you can apply for a complimentary discovery call with me that complimentary discovery call I always calendar out 40 minutes so we get to spend a lot of quality time together and we can talk about where you are with relations to food and your body and your disordered eating and dieting and all those things and we can talk about exactly what you need to do to get like unstuck and to to work towards recovery and healing we can talk a little bit about like what that would look like and then if I think that I can help you if I think that we're a good fit then we can talk about working together and then if not no worries That call is my gift to you. So go ahead and apply. And if your application is approved, we'll hop on that call. So again, kitchen.net forward slash apply. All right, let's dive into today's podcast episode. So I'm going to just dive right in. So again, we're chatting about listening to your body and reconnecting to your hunger and fullness signals after years of dieting and restrictive and disordered eating behaviors. Now, to give you a little framework of how today's episode is going to go, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on dieting and why we are so disconnected from our body. And even if you don't 
identify with being a dieter because you're like not on Whole30, just stick with me because if you struggle with food, then the word dieting is the word I'm going to use for simplicity's sake to kind of cut, like to be the umbrella of problems with food. And it's likely that even if you're not on a diet, you might still be thinking like a dieter. So we're going to talk a little bit about dieting. Then I'm going to explain what listening to your body really means, right? Because like, what does that even mean? Then I'm going to talk about biological instincts. And then I'm going to talk about hunger and fullness sensations and how we can start tuning into them. And at the very end, I'm going to give you some practical solutions you can start utilizing right now. So stay tuned until the very end to get those so you can walk away with some really helpful tips. All right, so background on dieting. So if you don't think that you're a dieter or you don't think that you're dieting because you're not on a diet like Whole30 or Weight Watchers, it's possible and also highly likely that you are still operating from the diet mentality. So a lot of women will say to me like, I've given up dieting or I've given up restriction, but they are still thinking like dieters and still have a lot of restrictive thoughts, right? So they have the same beliefs as dieters with food rules and food fears. So the outcomes are the same. They're still crazy around food and they're still um, feeling out of control around food. They're still binge eating, all of the things. So for simplicity's sake for this training, I'm going to use the words dieting and disordered eating to cover all types of struggles with food. So wherever you are in the spectrum, whatever words you identify with, or however you describe your struggles with food, apply it to yourself in your situation when I use the words dieting and disordered eating. All right. So again, this includes any type of behaviors that involve controlling your food intake and that has the goal of controlling your weight and your body. So that's dieting in a nutshell. Now, All of us were born intuitive eaters. So that's the good news. We all popped out of the womb, you know, being really connected to our body and our body signals and our hunger and fullness signals, right? So like when we're babies, we cry when we're hungry. And then like we push the boob or the bottle away when we're full. So it's hardwired into you. It's like your factory settings. So that's the good news. This is already a part of your DNA. You can 100% connect back to all of your body signals. So the goal with becoming an intuitive eater or doing this work is to actually take off and remove and peel off the layers of diet culture programming that has clogged up our internal information system. So dieting is designed to disconnect you from your body. So instead of listening to your body to drive your eating choices, you listen to your mind, which has listened to some outside authority that has told you what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, right? And then you've internalized the the rules from someone outside of you. So all of the food rules that you have do not originate from you. You didn't pop out of the womb with them. You learn them from someone outside of you. And dieting does that. It convinces us that someone outside of ourselves knows better than the incredible, amazing, beautiful thing that is the body you are living in. Right? We hear experts like doctors or influencers and celebrities, even cancer survivors who have like healed themselves with food. And like your Aunt Susan, you know, everyone seems to have an opinion about the best way to eat and to lose weight. And typically it always goes in patterns and waves. You know, like right now it's things like keto and intermittent fasting. And you guys like keto is kind of just like Atkins and intermittent fasting is just like a nice way of saying skipping meals, right? Like regardless of the scientific research that's there for therapeutic applications, the way that most people are doing keto and intermittent fasting is like Atkins and skipping meals and not honoring your hunger, right? So let's be real here, okay? And then we have things like paleo and clean eating. And there's nothing against like whole foods here that's beautiful. 
you guys know I'm into that stuff if you've looked at my Instagram. Um, but a lot of people will use this as a way to control their eating and t- to like disguise their disordered eating tendencies. And we've had things like low fat, high fat, high carb, slow carb, low carb, vegetarian, vegan, fruitarian, SOS, which is like sugar, oil, salt free, and Ayurveda, right? Like all these different ways of eating from all these experts outside of our bodies. And the outcome is that you slowly over time listen less to your body and your biological instincts around what to eat and more and more to what other people are doing and saying about what you should eat. So someone says carbs make you gain weight, so we eliminate carbs. And then we ignore our carb cravings and then our carb cravings intensify. Someone says processed foods are bad for you, so you eliminate processed foods. And then you ignore your cravings for french fries. And then the french fry cravings intensify or donuts or cakes or whatever it is. And we all know that what you resist persists. The more you resist these cravings, the more they persist and intensify, right? So you want the donut at the morning, at the office. You tell yourself, no, 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 carbs are bad, carbs are bad. What ends up happening? You end up thinking about that donut all dang dang day, right? What you resist persists. So this even falls into the calories in, calories out model, right? Like, oh, that's, that's the key to weight loss. We've all heard that. So we try to control our portions and we'll make things like single serving size, right? Like the 100 calorie packs or whatever they are. So that we we don't eat to satiety, we eat the portion size. We don't honor our hunger and satiety, right? We don't eat to fullness. We don't eat to, to being satisfied. No, we just eat the things that fit in the palm of our hand or the portion control box or whatever we're doing with the, like maybe a food scale or whatever the back of the box says about what a serving size is right we're not listening to our body we're actually using this like external thing called calories in calories out now as more time goes by we ignore our body and then our body starts to pick up on it right we ignore our hunger cues for so long we become numb to them we forget what it feels like to be hungry and same with our fullness cues we ignore them so we become numb to them we forget what it feels like to be full right because we're not honoring these signals anyways and over time like our cravings seem to get out of out of control like our hormones get all cray cray and that is a direct result of trying to be in control of them in the first place so let's dive into I'm going to give you some analogies so that you can understand how this happens so imagine you had to pee the longer you hold it the more intense the need to pee becomes right And if you routinely hold your pee for too long, the muscle that controls your bladder becomes weakened. And if you keep this up for long enough, eventually the bladder might stop emptying fully and collecting bacteria, which could lead to an infection. So ignoring the body's biological instincts has ramifications. If you do not honor your need to sleep and you stay awake, eventually you start to hallucinate. If the body does not get enough shut eye, it can't fight off illness, the immune system becomes weakened, you're more likely to get sick. So what I'm getting at here is that listening to your body simply means reconnecting to your natural biological instincts around food. At the end of the day, you are a human animal with such instincts designed to help keep you alive. So hunger and fullness are biological instincts. You're a human animal, right? Your need for food is also similar to your need for sleep and it's similar to your need to breathe and it's similar to your need for water and similar to your need to pee and go to the bathroom, right? They help keep us alive. Now, our food instincts are not just influenced by physical hunger and need for nourishment. They're also influenced by emotional well-being and food scarcity. So whether that's unintentional, like you have a socioeconomic disadvantage, like you can't afford food, or intentional through restriction, like calorie reduction, removing entire food groups. 
So our food instincts are influenced by all those things, right? So it's super nuanced, super complex. But today we're primarily talking about the physical hunger and the need for nourishment. Now diet culture likes to talk a lot of BS. Oh my gosh, like so much. And tell you that you can control these instincts through willpower and self-control. So when you can't control them, you feel like a failure. Like you're defective. Like something is wrong with you. Like you should just be able to control yourself. But it's actually a bunch of bullshit. You are not a failure for not being able to control your instincts. Because our instincts are to a large extent out of our control. They are woven into our biology and they work really, really hard to keep us alive. And they are kind of running on autopilot. They're not controlled by the conscious mind. They're controlled by the unconscious automatic parts of our brains. So back to some more of the biological instincts. We're going to talk about the needing to pee because it's an easy one. So for example, sure, you can hold it for some time right? If you're in the car and you need to get home, whatever. But eventually, like, you will pee your mother effing pants because, hello, your instincts take over. And so it is with food. Restriction leads to binge eating and feeling out of control around food, which is just your body's instinctual reaction. Feeling out of control is a direct response to trying to be in control, right? Like, if you try to control your pee for too long, eventually you would feel really out of control when all of a sudden you were just peeing and couldn't stop yourself, right? Same thing when you suppress your hunger and you don't feed yourself, that starvation instinct in you takes over and you start eating and you're like, I'm on autopilot. It's such an out-of-body experience. I feel like I'm not even like fully present when this is happening and then all of a sudden I come too, right? Can you guys see yourself in that? Have you had an experience like that? Right. That's the same thing of like you having to hold your pee for so long, you just pee yourself and you can't control it. When you're eating and all of a sudden you don't realize that you're binging, it's like you're not fully there You until you're like halfway through it. That's literally just your body's response. It's instinctual response to drive you to eat to keep you alive. Now, if we treated peeing like we do eating, it would actually be freaking hilarious it would be like wow it's only 7 a.m I really need to pee but you know I'm gonna wait until 10 a.m to pee or like geez we peed an hour ago I shouldn't have to pee again enough time hasn't gone by I'm gonna wait a little longer to pee or you know I'm only allowed to pee x number of times each day and I'm at my limit so I'm gonna wait until tomorrow to pee you guys, this is ridiculous, right? Like, oh my gosh, it's just crazy to do this with our natural biological instincts around peeing and eating. We would never do this if left alone. It's a direct result of diet culture and the obsession with thinness. And it's why we all end up having disordered relationships with food and why we can't hear our body because we ain't freaking listening to it. So listening to your body means honoring your instincts without judgment, like you do breathing, peeing, thirst, and sleep. The second we judge, right, the second we judge our instincts, our need for food, our cravings, what we're eating, we're right back in the diet mentality. We're right back in um, that way of thinking that is dieting and restrictive. So we want to not judge our instincts, our needs for food, right? Like guilt, shame, judgment, that's all the diet mentality. So... To help you guys do this, to help you start connecting to your body and your hungerfulness signals, let's talk about some other ways that your body is already sending you information 
for your other biological instincts. And this way, you can see that you're already able to listen and respond to the signals from your body, right? So signals from your body, they're just information. So what does it feel like when you're tired? Think to yourself for a second. What does it feel like? Do your eyelids get heavy? Do you get moody? Is it hard to concentrate? Do your legs and arms feel heavy? Do you get a headache? Right? Like, what does tired feel like? When you start to sense the feeling of being tired, that's you listening to the information and signals your body sends you. What does it feel like when you need to pee? Does it sting? Does it feel like pressure? Is it like someone's kind of pushing from the outside, you know, from that like region of your body? What does it feel like when you need to pee? When you can sense that you need to pee, that's information and signals from your body that you're picking up on and responding to. Now, what does thirst feel like? Is it a dulling in the throat? Is it a headache? Is it an empty feeling in the stomach? Do you feel sluggish and tired, right? Like what does it feel like when your body is letting you know it's thirsty? This is an important step because it will help you see that you are currently listening to your body's cues in other areas. So you already know that you can do this. You already know that you're capable. And again, we're just going back to our factory settings, our default settings. This is woven into you. So just like trust that you're going to be able to to get back in, you know, really great, powerful communication with the hunger and fullness signals because you can. So now I want you to spend a second in here second here and think to yourself do you have any idea of what hunger and fullness feels like slow down tune in be mindful be patient can you think of a time maybe before you had a disordered relationship with food before you started dieting and trying to control your food can you remember what hunger and fullness felt like then and can you also ask yourself right now what does it feel like so is it like a hollowing feeling in your stomach Is it kind of like cramping and pitching, pinching? Like maybe it's not painful, but it's an uncomfortable feeling in your belly. Do you get headaches? Do you get tired? Do you get hangry or moody? Does it sometimes feel like thirst, right? Like what does hunger feel like? Is it something in the pit of your throat? So we all feel hunger a little differently. There's going to be overlaps, but how you sense hunger might be different from how I sense hunger. So ultimately, you're the only one who can who can know what hunger feels like in your body. It might be similar to someone else, but again, we're all unique. And no one else is in your body but you. So you're, you and your body are like the best consultant. But tune in and ask yourself, what does it actually feel like? Does fullness feel like the uncomfortable discomfort that was in your belly, does it go away? Does it feel, do you feel a little heavier? Like there's something in your stomach? Do you have more energy? You know, is your mood back to being balanced and happy? Did the headache go away, right? Is that what fullness feels like? Now, I want you um, to imagine that you're on an international trip and your sleep schedule gets completely messed up. You get jet lagged for days or even weeks. You find it hard to sleep normally at night because like the night used to be the day and the day used to be the night and yada, yada, yada. And then just after someone adjusting to the new schedule, you fly back home and your body is all confused and messed up again. Now, it's not that you will never balance out and get your body's sleep schedule back. You will. It's just a matter of time, right? Now, the same thing is true with your body's hunger and fullness signals. You know, often in the early stages of restrictive Uh, early stages of recovery from a lot of restrictive eating disorders 
will be put on a meal plan by like our dietitian or our care provider to make sure that we're eating enough to sustain our bodies because we're not really sure what normal portions are. Now, obviously, like I can't, I'm not going to be doing this for you, right? I'm not going to do portion sizes or calorie counts uh, because I'm not sure who's who's listening to this right now, number one. And then two, because I want you to listen to your body and and your intuition. And I want this to be valuable for everyone and everyone's needs because everyone's needs are different. But I want to give you some tools to help you if you're really confused. So you can use some things as your guide to help you. So just like if you were jet lagged, you would use the sun and like the clock to help you, right? So you might say, I'm going to try to stay awake until it's light outside, or I'm going to try to stay awake until the clock says 9 p.m. and I'm going to sleep at night and I'm going to use the sun and the clock to help guide my body back to its natural sleep rhythms, right? So you can use these external things to help you. Just like when you're trying to get back to your hunger and fullness, you can use some external things as a guide. So you can have three meals a day. Like you can have a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. If you need to, you can use the clock to help guide you to make sure that you're not eating too far apart, right? You want to make sure that you're eating at a good amount of time (laughs) each day, right? With not too many hours in between. Now, obviously, you don't want to live and die by the clock. You don't need to live and die by the amount of meals that you eat, right? Like some people like smaller, you know, more smaller meals and other people like less but larger meals, right? Whatever works for you. But you can use these things to help you in the beginning. If you're not really sure how much to eat or when to eat or what's, you know, considered normal or whatever, you can use these external guides, including someone in your life who is a normal eater. Maybe you can grab as much food as they grab and you can eat when they eat. So you can use someone outside of you when you're just getting started. Just like you would if you were trying to get your sleep schedule back on track. Eventually, you're not going to be using the clock as much or the sun as much. You'll just like start to feel tired around like whatever time you go to bed, you know, 10, 11, 12, whatever it is. And you just start to get tired. So you're just going to start to get hungry. Same thing here. The fastest way and the best way is to just start. Just start eating the foods you used to restrict. Start eating more than you have in the past. Start eating more regularly and consistently. And you want to bring awareness to mealtime, to each bite. Pay attention to the taste and the texture and the feelings and the sensations that happen. Again, this might take time, so you have to be patient and kind with yourself. Lots of judgment. I'm sorry, lots of compassion, not lots of judgment. The less judgment, the better. Because again, the second we judge ourselves and our choices, we're right back in dieting and disordered eating. So go slow, pay attention as you're actually eating. See if you can sense the changes in your body. See if you can sense fullness signals. See if you can sense that you're still hungry and you need to eat more. Like pay attention, slow down. And then one last extremely important thing before wrapping this podcast episode up. Hunger and fullness are not rules. So something I see a lot of online is that we turn intuitive eating and we turn hunger and fullness into another set of rules that we must obey. So I will always hear things like, oh, I just want to eat when I'm hungry and I want to stop when I'm full. But here's the thing, guys. You do not have to be hungry to eat. You're allowed to eat when you're not hungry, right? Because food is more than just fuel. Like you're not an eight-gallon Prius, right? Like food provides a lot more than just fuel for the body, right? Like it's mental, emotional, love, spiritual, connection, community, all those things. So 
you're also allowed to eat past the point of being comfortably full, right? Like if something's just like really freaking delicious and you're like, oh my God, I want another bite. That's no big deal. You're allowed to do that. But because intuitive eating is like super trendy online and with good reason, and I'm really grateful, a lot of us can attach the diet mentality to intuitive eating. And so when we eat when we're not hungry, we feel bad about ourselves. Or when we eat past the point of fullness, we feel bad about ourselves as well. So that means that we're turning them into rules that we must obey. So when you break them, you feel bad about yourself. And that's not really intuitive eating. That's just turning intuitive eating into a diet because you're using the diet mentality. We don't want to do that. You can eat when you're not hungry, no problem, right? I do that. I'll eat for pleasure or for community or just for something to do because I need a break from work. It's no big deal. You know, sometimes something is so delicious that I'll just keep eating and then I'll just lay down and let my body digest and move on with my life. It's no big deal. So super important. Wanted to get that in there. Now to wrap things up, I want to summarize the key points. First, intuitive eating, hunger and fullness, listening to your body. It's hardwired into you. It's woven into yourself. So that's the good news. We're deprogramming and unlearning diet culture because once we do all of that, all that's left is our biological instincts. And then the sooner we honor our instincts, the sooner we unlearn diet culture, the sooner we heal our relationship with food and listening to our body is second nature and easy. Now, to help you, check in with your other biological instincts and describe what those feel like so that you can prove to yourself that you're already doing this and you're already capable of it. And then honor all of your biological instincts instead of trying to override and control them. Let them guide you. Controlling them is what got us all into the big mess in the first place, right? And then eat consistently and regularly and adequately. Trust yourself, but again, you can also use someone in your life or use some external things as a guide to help you in the beginning. Trust that you'll connect back to your hunger and fullness, but be patient and compassionate. And then do not turn hunger and fullness into a diet and a set of rules. Use self-care and allow life to happen and do your best. So what I mean with like allowing self-care is let's say for example that your lunch break at work is at 12 and you're not completely hungry at 12, but you'll likely be hungry at one, but you have to go back to work at one. Use self-care and eat at your lunch break at 12, right? Don't turn hunger and fullness into a rule like, oh, it's 12 and here's my lunch break, but I'm not really hungry. So I'm just going to skip the meal because I'm not hungry yet. No, dude, eat the meal. So because you're not going to be able to eat for the rest of your work shift, right? Incorporate self-care. Self-care is a part of intuitive eating. You don't have to live and die by the hunger fullness signals. Okay. I want to make sure I get that in there. Super important. Now, I said I wanted you to walk away with some practical solutions today. So first is in order to hear our intuition, not only with food and hunger, but in life, we need more silence. Oh, we need more silence. So you got to unfollow accounts on social media. You got to stop listening to podcasts that talk about what to eat and what not to eat. You gotta, right? Because that's stuff from the outside world that's clogging up your internal information system. So if you're listening to podcasts that are like saying sugar is the devil, stop doing it right now while you're healing your relationship with food, okay? Stop engaging in diet culture conversations with friends. You have to silence all the external noise to the best of your ability so that you can hear your body and your intuition. Next practical tip is to use some guides to support you if necessary. So again, this is piggybacking on what I've already said. But if you feel like this applies to you, work to make your day more shaped like a pipe and less like a piece of pie. So for a lot of us, our day of eating will look like a piece of pie or a cone. 
we will have the least amount of food consumed in the morning and then a little bit more at lunch. And then by the time dinner rolls around, we're like eating all of the things. So our day is shaped like a piece of pie or a cone. One of the things that you can do is start to try to make your meals similarly sized. So your day looks more like a pipe. So you're eating a similar amount of food at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you want to just do this in the beginning to help get your body back into balance to help you start reconnecting to your hunger fullness signals and eating adequately throughout the day so that your hunger hormones aren't all out of whack. And you can, like I said earlier, use the clock to help guide you, uh, you know, the different times of day when you're just starting out. So that's just a little tip if you feel like it applies to you. Again, you don't want to live and die by this stuff. It's kind of like a guide rail on a staircase. A staircase, Like let's say it's a super steep staircase and it's your first time going down it. You're likely going to use the guide rail to help get you down the stairs. But as you continue to go down the staircase, you're less likely to need the guide rail and then you can go down it without the, the guide rail. So the goal is to get you where you don't need these guides. But again, they're there to help you if you need support. And then last practical tip is to do a one-minute mindfulness check-in. So integrate it into your day before every single mealtime. Stop, slow down, tune in, check in with your body and your appetite. Pay attention to the body sensations you are feeling. Hunger feels different for everyone. And sometimes it changes from day to day. So again, I can't tell you what hunger feels like for you. I can give you clues and possible examples, which I did earlier. But ultimately, you're in your body. You're the ultimate judge. So do that one minute mindfulness check in before every mealtime and you can even do it after every mealtime so you can start to build awareness around what fullness feels like. Okay, I hope you got so much out of this episode. Was this valuable? I feel like this was probably really stinking valuable. Um, If so, share it, please, on Instagram, um, with your friends, family, leave a ratings and review. I would be so grateful. I love you. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, chat with y'all next week. Have an amazing rest of your day.